reading is from Hebrews chapter 10. We should be reading from verses 11 to 25. If you've got a church Bible, it's on page 1208. 1208. Hebrews 10, starting at verse 11. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, This is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day approaching. May God bless this reading to each one of us. The second reading is from Mark chapter 13, verses 1 to 8, and can be found on page 1018 in the Church Bible. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. Do you see all these buildings, replied Jesus? Not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John and Andrew asked him privately, 
Tell us when these things will happen and what will be the sign that they are all about to be fulfilled. Jesus said to them, Watch out that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name claiming I am he and will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumours of wars, do not be alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places and famines. These are the beginning of birth pains. This is the Gospel of the Lord. May I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I ask you, Lord, may I decrease and you increase in me. May you be heard, may you be seen. May I be in your shadow. Amen. What massive stones, what magnificent buildings is what Mark introduces us to. He's revealed to us the impressive structure of the temple, which was rebuilt by Herod the Great. So Jesus' prophecy of the destruction of the temple would have been unexpected and shocking to the Jewish disciples. We will come to find that the temple was destroyed in AD 70, so Jesus' word was soon fulfilled. Did it raise within the disciples concern about how the destruction impacted their worship. As Jews, this is where they went to, the temple. If it's destroyed, what happens to my worship? So this statement from Jesus could not be left without further probing questions. When will this happen? And what will be the sign leading to the fulfillment of Christ's return? In short, I just thought the disciples were saying, we need to know what's going to happen in the future. And no one can really blame them for those questioning. The quest to know the future, especially when it directly affects you, is something that we all do. For me, from the time I started the discernment process, my questions was, when, Lord? What's going to happen? I want to know. But the conviction I had was, Take each day as it comes. Trust me. Walk by faith, not by what you're saying. So Jesus therefore came, provided the disciples with signs. And Jesus, as we know, is not one for sugarcoating anything. History and our present age means that we are no strangers to these signs. There has been wars. Today we're, set, we're remembering Remembrance Day. The wars have taken place. Ethnic clashes, internal breakdown of law and order, displacements of people as refugees. There has been earthquakes, global warming, famines. Name it, we have seen it. And for some of you, your, great -grand your parents, your grandparents experienced it. The signs leading to the end times it's not so much what takes place I think we need to look at, but what should I do in the midst of it? In end time movies that I've watched, I've seen how 
it has brought out the worst in people and the best in people. When you know that the world is coming to an end in those movies, you see people, either they start looting. What are you looting for? The world is about to come to an end, or they are on their best. So something about knowing that the end is coming brings out something in us. It affects our attitude. The words of Jesus in this passage, I believe, is to teach us how we are to live our lives in the face and doing the signs that we are living and seeing. We are asked, I believe, to live in the present, live in the now. Jesus says, watch out. Don't be deceived. Don't be alarmed. And four times in this chapter, Jesus directed the disciples to be alert. Why are you asking me to be alert when all these things are happening? But he's like, those things are going to happen, but stay focused. Stay focused on me. Stay focused on my word because people are going to come and pretend and say, I am E. And if you're not focused, you will miss it. If you're not focused, it will bring out the worst in you. So be watchful. Remember what I taught you. Remember what I said to you. This is not the time for the church to be asleep because we see all these things. This is the time for us to be alert in the word and stay our, focus our attention on Jesus Christ. I'm sure like me, like over the past 18 months, we've heard people say to us, oh, the world is coming to an end. Jesus Christ must be coming soon because of COVID-19. Even he doesn't know when he's coming back. So how can we as mere mortals, because we see the sign, but what he has said is that these are just the beginning of the birth pains. This is not the end. I've never had a child, so I asked my sister, I said, what is it like? What is the birth pains? What, how many hours? How long does it go for? You know? She was, I said, is it like, how many hours? Is it like 30 hours, 40 hours, 10 hours? You know, what's the longest it can go for? She said it can go for as long as it takes for the child to come, but we know those pains are there. But we don't know how long it will be for. So what we're seeing, as Jesus Christ says, are just the beginning. It's not the end. So what is our attitude to be? So being honest, things are bad now. Let us not deceive ourselves. Let us not lie about that. Things are bad now. But how much worse is it to get? As um, Sandy said, we, you know, the refugees, we, Afghanistan, we see all this close to us. And social media has allowed us in the West to hear about what is happening. We're now private to see what is happening in the world. But guess what? Before, we didn't know what was happening. We just lived our lives day by day. You know, we're okay. But time has changed things that we are all privy to what is happening. So what are we to do? Whatever it takes, the Christian calling for each one of us is watch and endure. This is not the time for us to give up. We're holding on to the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ in the times of seeing all these signs. It is not for any of us to live in a state of fear, a state of hopelessness based on what we're seeing. This is not the time for us to cower down and think that we can't do anything. What is the point? We hear all these wars, we see all this famine, we see all this thing. Therefore, let's just give up. No. 
That is not what we should, any of us should be doing. This is the time for us to stand strong and stand in faith. We are to be people of hope. We are to be steady. We are to be firm in our faith as we live in the light of Jesus Christ. Based on what he has done at the cross of Calvary, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension, this is our hope. No matter what we see, and he said these things must happen. No matter what we see, no matter what we experience, we look to the cross we focus our attention on the cross, on the hope of his messianic kingdom, of his return. So that when he comes, he finds us ready, he finds us watchful, he finds us waiting in faith. Don't be alarmed, Jesus says. Don't be alarmed. Jesus said this knowing that this was not going to be easy for the disciples to take. Neither is it for us today. Because all these things must happen. Jesus is not saying let us be in denial. And neither am I saying let us be in denial of what we see in the world. But what is our attitude to be as we see these things? Let us be people of faith and hope. Today on this Remembrance Sunday, we're looking back to remember soldiers who sacrificed their lives from the peace of their country, from World War I to our modern times. We wear the red poppy, a symbol of remembrance and of hope. I like this when I read this. The red of the petals to represent the blood of those who gave their lives. The black button in the middle for the mourning of those who never came back home. And the green leaf to show the hope that the grass and crops growing after the war brings. In the midst of the pain, in the midst of the shedding of the blood, in the midst of the loss of life, there is always life. There is always growth. It doesn't end. And because of the cross, we know that there is life because Jesus Christ lives. So we don't remain in a state of looking back in grief. We look back at all that's happened, but not in grief, not in so much despair that we can't keep going forward. As Christians, let us be encouraged in faith. Let us keep looking to the cross because it speaks of our forgiveness. We just sang about it. It speaks of the birth of a new life because of his sacrifice for our peace. And here is the greater blood of Jesus Christ, our priest. So what is there for us to do? What we do is in the here and the now. What does the writer of Hebrews say? Persevere in faith. Persevere in faith. We don't give up. We don't despair. We rise each day and journey in life to the future hope that Jesus Christ comes to give to us. We anchor our faith in Jesus Christ. We anchor it, we put it down in Jesus Christ who loves us and says to each one of us, don't be alarmed. 
Don't be deceived. Don't and be watchful. When I am going through stuff, when I'm confused, when, things, when I see things, I get confused. I can't think straight. I can't make right decisions. Because I'm not being watchful of what Christ has said. I'm not anchoring myself on, this is what Jesus Christ promised. Instead, I'm focused on what I see. All I want to see is darkness, and therefore I make, make mistakes, I make wrong decisions, and everything goes wrong. But Jesus Christ says, just look to me, stay focused on me, trust in me. And the whole of this chapter 13 is such a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, it's a chapter of, 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 of Jesus telling them about all the persecution that was going to take place. And that's why he keeps saying to them, but be alert, but be alert, but be watchful. And I will come back. So as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we encourage one another. We don't isolate ourselves from each other. We don't see each other as our enemies. We encourage one another. We show the love of Christ to those who don't know him because that's how they're going to come because he said to us that this gospel would be preached to the whole nations of the world. But if we're not alert, if we're not watchful, how are they going to hear? If we're not gathering together, encouraging one another, how would they see that? And I look here and I was thinking about mid-game. We do this. We're praying for the communities. We're having so many outreaches and events and things that they may see the love of Jesus Christ. We keep on doing that. When they say this is happening and that, that everything is bad, that this has happened, this family is... We say, but we have hope in Jesus and we direct them from the state of despair. We direct them to the hope that's in Jesus Christ. We're not going to drag you down even further. We're going to bring you up to the light of Jesus. That is what we're called to do. And so we think, what can we do? How can we keep on doing this as a church? As brothers and sisters, as a church, we may not all be able to meet together because of social, because of people that need to isolate, and we understand that. But the writer of Hebrews says, don't forsake meeting together, because there is such power in unity, there is such strength, there is such comfort in us coming together. But for those who can't meet, how can we connect with them? What can we do? Is it phone calls? Is it let writing letters again? Is it knocking on the door and doing a distance? No brother and sister should be left alone. Nobody should feel as though they're on the outside and there's a group of people on the inside. Let us not forsake meeting together. It may not be physically, but we can all meet together. The prayer meetings. What are we doing? Can we come together? There's power in that when we all come together and pray together. And if you can't physically come, can we put the phone on so that people can hear us being, as we pray and they can join into the prayer? What can we do? Because we should not cease from meeting together as we see all these things happening. So Jesus has told us what to expect before he returns. 
So I say to each one of us and to myself, let us be encouraged not to live as defeated people and people without hope. Christ who gave his all, our hope, he is faithful. He is wonderful. And he will see us all through to live out our lives in the power of his spirit for each day. For he says, take no thought about tomorrow. Let's live today. Let's live for each day. When we rise, let us just live for each day in the face of what we see. So we center and focus on Jesus, assured that God is in control and his word always proves to be faithful. There's not one word of Jesus Christ that has anybody can erase and says, this isn't going to happen. Every word that he says, the challenging ones, the difficult ones, comes to pass. So let's trust in this, our priest, who gave his all at the cross of Calvary. Amen.